0: anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the hidden and outs of being an old school nerd and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd.
1: Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette, with our special guest Angel. Angel's joining us again this week. We're very happy to have you. Hey. Now, in this episode, it's Top Gun meets Giant Robots. We're talking mecha, music, and the power of love, which means we can only be talking about Macross Plus.
2: Oh, well, you
1: Giant Robots. So Name another series that you can define as Top Gun meets Giant (laughs) Robots.
0: I wonder if Gundam has the same type of feel.
1: I I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it could work. So Macross Plus is a four episode anime OVA and theatrical movie. It was the second sequel to the original Super Dimension Fortress Macross television series. But the first that took place in the official timeline, which is something we'll get into. Both the OVA and the movie were released in Japan by Bandai Visual and in North America and Europe by Manga Entertainment. Manga released the series on VHS, dubbed and subtitled, and Laserdisc formats in Europe as their first title in the North American market. Now, this later on, a Blu-ray of the OVA and movie edition was released in about 2013 or so as the Macross Plus complete Blu-ray box. Both the OVA releases feature the international version English dubs as a language track with episode four using a newer Bandai dub, which we'll get into. And, uh, both of these Blu-ray releases were only available in Japan. To this day, the only way you can find this series is on older DVD releases. And I think that's, I think that's it. I don't think it's ever seen the Western shores in a higher definition format. At least not yet. That's it. So let's get into this. Uh, we've made no bones about the fact that we are Macross fanatics. Uh, at least two of us are.
0: All right. No, no, let's talk about the higher definition format. Sure. I think that Macross Plus is one of the, especially from the, um, from the vintage standpoint, mm-hmm. I love the definition in Macross Plus for it being coming out of the news.
1: It is a very quintessentially 90s style animated film or feature oh sure uh and I, I i think that speaks to that's part of its charm part of its uh quality but i mean it, it's also part of such a bigger picture product
0: it felt like if i was watching Macross plus in the 90s i would see Macross plus it did i would see the same type of art style that did you you know, how Digimon went from the animated to the computer-generated? Sure. That's where I felt that, I felt the earlier versions of that in Across. But even then, they were doing some ridiculous, ridiculous things. I don't know if they're aer- aerodynamically correct. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know if a plane can actually do those maneuvers, but it looked cool as shit.
2: Yeah, and Brian to elaborate a little bit on yours. I think Macross Plus, I I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the earliest examples of computer generated animation in anime.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, they specifically for the the mecha. Mm-hmm. Uh, not obviously not the whole thing. A lot of it was hand drawn, but they, you know, they did use a lot of uh CG footage for it, which was pretty cool considering considering the time. Yeah. And and it's worth noting that uh that the series uh, was inspired by the United States. It was inspired by the US Air Force's, um, the ATF project from the 80s and 90s, which usually pits two prototype fighters against each other in a competition to, you know, for the government to decide which one they want to use as their next actual fighter. So for the purposes of that, they actually came up to America and spent some time at uh, Edwards base and
0: all that stuff. So it was pretty, pretty well researched when they started the project. I thought Researchers watching Top Gun and say, you know, we're going to make you guys test pilots and see what, what happens.
1: <laughs> yes. So that's it's it's my elevator pitch for everybody that's ever, ever watched uh, the series that I ever pitch it to. It's Top Gun with giant robots. And it's I can't I can't think of a better a better way to describe it. No, Lynette, you had a pretty good description, though. So I, I liked it.
3: Boys with big toys. That's pretty much what it was. That's all it was. This is the whole time. It was just these two boys playing with their big old toys,
1: <laughs> boys with big toys with forty billion dollar <laughs> toys.
3: <laughs> I mean, he made a cartoon animal out of the smoke that came out of his engines,
1: yes, he drew it's... with his contrails, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all while sounding he... like he was drunk. so it was, I was like, so yes,
1: yeah. so this <laughs> this series is, um, Part of a a bigger picture universe, the Macross universe, the franchise itself. Macross is known well over for those who know each part of the story or each segment, each series is a self-contained story and there are Easter eggs and little bits and pieces that interconnectivity between them. But you can watch pretty much any one of these without having seen any of the other ones and still have an enjoyable experience.
0: Enjoyable experience, but I wish that, like, for instance, Bowman. Yep. He's half human, half tried. Right. Right. He looks like he just walked out of Street Fighter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. He is just a massive... He's human. like alternate guile. No, no, I was alternate <laughs> This is a, the
1: Player 2 version I, of... <laughs> I was
0: ultimate, ultimate in Bison. That's what he had with his shin his ears he's just massive yes why that's the one part they you, you, they don't really give you that aspect of the battle between the humans and the gentradi
1: right they don't they don't touch on on the space war one or any of the stuff that happens in super dimension fortress macros you're you're just brought into this world sort of um blind to those those finer details but I mean, uh, we can ask Lynette, who has never experienced any other Macross. Do you, do you feel like you were confused by any of that?
3: No, it seems like it was far enough where they just brought him in as a, an alien or half alien type character, and you're already like, on oh, another world.
1: Is, yeah,
3: <laughs> you're already on Eden, and yeah. so they're already bringing in like folding and all yeah. that other stuff. So you, you kind of.
0: So I, I guess the. The point of that statement is this: When you are talking about somebody who's half, like for instance, let's say Star Trek. Sure, you say Star Trek, and you hear Spock, who is half human, half Balkan green son of, blood, son of a bitch. Right. You automatically know as soon as you hear Balkan, there are certain characteristics that 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 that, that alien race already has. They mm-hmm. they have logic. They have pointed ears. Green Bloods, and they're strong as shit. I mean, you automatically know these things when you hear the word Vulcan, right? You don't have that same feeling when you hear the word Zentrati. If anybody heard that who's never seen it, like, did you hear what race he was from, Lynette?
3: I heard it, but I didn't really understand the name until you clarified, but I also, don't they have, like, I think it was one episode they were talking about, like, uh, uh, Bloodlust is inherited with that, with that, his half side. So they give you kind of like that hint, you know, that kind of explains why he tried to kill the dude who saved him from a free fall. I mean, (laughs) so it it gives you, it gives you like, (laughs) gives you like a little bit of a hint, you know, like he could have activated his alien side and subconsciously was like, if I do this, this guy will die. And
0: So here's my biggest problem with, with, with stuff like this. Like, for instance, and the best example I can use it is James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. No Time to Die, they have this scene where you are not No Time to Die, the one before that, where you meet Blofeld for the first time. Right. Right? So they go through this entire thing, and then at the end of the movie, they say his name is Blofeld. And we're supposed to be, we as the audience are like, oh my God, that's Blofeld. Mm-hmm. If you are like Lynette and you hear the first thing, first time hearing Blofeld, or in this case, Zentradi, they don't give you what that actually means. And that's my only problem with
1: it. So, and so now I'm gonna counter you on this one because they don't give you that in Star Trek either. Now you know this because you're a Star Trek fan. You watched it from forever, yeah. Yeah, if you picked up Star Trek Into Darkness and you watch it, and you're like, "What's up with the pointy-eared guys? Ian elf? Like they don't give you that? Do they do? And then you just have to follow it, and you just they give you little hints of it in his in his dialogue, just similarly to how they do in Macross.
0: No, but they give you no, no. They give, they actually do break it down, and and I will counter your counter with <laughs> with the stove, and I will cook with hot grease on my stove. As I'm saying that there's so many examples of what it means to be a Vulcan in Into Darkness. Everything from the first time you see Spock and everything that he's doing, even to the reason why he's doing it, that leads up all the way to him actually telling you that I'm supposed to be without emotion, but when I went and I mind, neither here nor there. We're we're out the buddy trail too much. Right, right. There is actually evidence of what it means to be a Vulcan through exposition that you don't get in that same type of context when you're dealing with Macross, Macross Plus in general. I'll
1: give you, I'll give you that. I think that it's probably, I, I, I can only speculate of course, but in my opinion, it's, it's more that gold is, he's the foil, right? He's the heavy. You don't need as much on him because in, in my opinion, it's pretty clear. That it's it's an Isamu and Myung story, and gold is the third point in the triangle, right? He's the anti-hero, the, the antagonist. I mean it's Macross, there's always a triangle. Right. That's that's sort of a part of its its thing over the years. But in this one specifically, he's he's never the hero. Like Myung is never in love with gold, right? She's always pining after Isamu. And and gold is there as is an antagonist to to Isamu. So his alien, if anything, it's it's racist as shit. But his best, his his alien heritage isn't isn't a a subject of the plot so much as it's just a byproduct of that character. And it's it's I consider it like an Easter egg to know about the Zentradi because you watch the first series. It's like oh well, I know what Zentradi are. I know what this is all about. But to somebody coming in, it's just like well this is the bad guy. He's an alien and he's a dick and he you know.
0: That's what he is. I think if they had named him better, they he could have had a bigger romantic involvement. But seriously. What's your dad's <laughs> name? <man>? Gold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering I mean, he was he was a mixed race. You know, he was half centrati. I mean, all the other Centratis just had first names.
1: Right. Well, yeah, most so, of them were just yeah. And and weird ass names. If you'd given him a genuine Centrati name, like you haven't experienced this yet, Lynette, but their names are fucking weird. Um, it's like
0: die. Br- yeah, <laughs> Brittle
1: Eye, and it's written with like three L's and a you
0: know. Device <laughs> is weird, but still weird nonetheless.
1: Right. <laughs> Nothing. School device is weird. So yeah. So the story starts out with our our hero Isamu, uh, or or Tom Cruise if you want to go that route. <laughs> and, uh, Maverick. Maverick it starts out with Maverick.
3: Maverick and Ice. Yeah, Maverick, Ma- Maverick and Iceman. The <laughs> <One.
0: laughs> Maverick um, It's... Hold on, can we... I know this is a completely different genre. And it has nothing to do with it. But can we talk about that whole Maverick and Iceman scene in the locker room when the first time they meet? <laughs> they're talking after the flight. And Iceman goes, Your he bites his teeth out. I've always had a problem with that.
1: That's, I think, you know what?
0: Like who does that? Because look, look, have you really ever bite your teeth? That shit hurts. Yeah.
1: I never, <laughs> never know. But I'm, I'm also not Val Kilmer, um, so, or or Gold Bowman in this case. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But uh, lest we devolve into slamming the shit out of Top Gun, which I refuse to do because I still love that movie. We won't. we will <laughs> <hell>, he <laughs> not. Well, we're not going. To, going to go to blows on this. Um, st- let's stick to this. The um, The world building in this is great in a sense of if you'd only ever seen the original, you'd have been limited to Earth and the solar system. And then in this one, you, you come in fresh to a completely new, fully fleshed out, fully realized world that's clearly been lived in for a while. And uh, this series takes place about 30 years after the original series. And that's... A, just average for this on, on average, the, the franchise jumps forward any number of years between seasons or I don't know what to call them stories. Yeah. And uh, the
2: only way to advance tech, you know, to make it cool and exciting. <laughs> keep it cool. Keep it cool.
1: And I was one of the things I admire about this series also is that amongst its, its relatives in the franchise, it also features the eldest antagonists. Most of the Macross series features, uh, uh, protagonist, sorry, protagonist. Most of the macro series features protagonists who are in their teens, seventeen. Um, like Hikaru is like seventeen or sixteen when the series starts, and these char- these are all characters who are very obviously young adults.
2: Yeah, they're seasoned pilots, and
1: yeah, and and I, I appreciate that they did that, just because it it helped sell it on what it was doing. The series attempting to bring a drop of realism to the concept. One of the most infamous things about Macross is its use of fighter jets that transform into giant robots for combat. Uh, It's not something they really delve into into this series, but the whole point of them is revealed in the first series, Super Dimension Fortress Macross, where we realize that they have designed these fighter jets to transform into giant robots because the Zentradi are originally a giant race of aliens. Throughout the series, they develop a micronization process that lets the Zentradi shrink down to, I want to say human size, but let's be honest, gold is a big bitch. So probably like mini giant size. (laughs) They shrink everybody down to Andre the giant size.
0: Or Shaq. 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 Shaq There you go.
2: It's like not quite. That's it. Confirm. Shaq Shaq is Zentradi. Shaq is (laughs) Zentradi.
0: Um, And we gotta, we gotta, we, we gotta make that like a hashtag. Exactly. <laughs> right. Shack,
1: Shack is Zentron. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's uh, one of those things where if you've if you watch the original series, you get a lot of little Easter eggs and notes of that. But I like that Lynette got to watch this without that because it sort of just lets her experience the world with fresh eyes. And this Eden world is so unique. Uh, distinctive from any of the other series, uh, worlds that are featured in any of the other series in in Macross, it's also unique in that this series has the other villain in this series besides Gold, who I still say is a villain, fight me on it, is Sharon Apple, the virtuoid idol. And and this is unique to this series because music has, throughout this entire franchise, is uh, an element of good, a force of good. It's used to stop war. It's used to calms and fighting instincts. It's used, which sort of knowing that sort of explains like like why Gold might be fascinated with Miu. She used to sing, and you know, music is a soothing thing to their culture. But in this one, we get Sharon Apple, the virtual white idol.
0: We got to stop with the whole. It's not soothing. They had a whole war-based tactic based on music, right?
1: Well, their their whole the Zentradi society is, is one that is cultureless. So they had no idea what music was.
2: They had no idea yeah, what straight war.
1: Yeah, they had no idea what inter- you know, They they didn't have uh, sex. They didn't know what a kiss was. They didn't, like nothing. It was complete. The genders were kept completely separate, and they were warring races. So for them, music and love was something that they just didn't couldn't possibly fathom or understand. So it's culture shock. When they, they first saw it and experienced it from these tiny little humans on their, this spaceship they've been trying to catch. They don't really touch on that a lot in this series specifically, but the power of music as a weapon is is definitely in play here with Sharon Apple. And uh, I'll tell you the story about Sharon Apple is that uh, recently Macross Plus was featured in they had a Fathom event now that uh, they're starting to bring it back over here to the United States. So we went to go. My sister I sent her to go see the movie, and she brought all her friends to go see the movie because she was a dutiful sister who was going to help me support my favorite franchise. And uh, one of them decided that they wanted to get high before they went to go see this
2: movie.
1: So uh,
2: I already know where this is going.
1: Had a couple of edibles, sat down, and then Sharon Apple's concert starts. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were balls to the wall.
0: I wish would. Have to- our faces now there is they a collective hand gasp over the face like oh no <laughs> like oh no oh no no oh
3: no
2: <laughs> that must have been one hell of a trip for him
3: <laughs> right could go could. either very good or very bad depending on how they, <laughs> how
2: they well, on a big screen that must have been epic to watch
0: i mean apparently it went very good but but still question for you spot question for you what's up we are talking about just concerts of, 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 of the, uh, the AI, I want to list a couple of people. Sharon Apple's concert home girl from fifth element, right? Never alone or never enough from the greatest showman or uh, the finale, the live, the live aid concert in Bohemian Rhapsody. You can only have one. Oh, you can only have one. You only have one. Can, do you have to be high?
2: Okay, so to answer your question, Brian, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: couldn't. You only have no
2: phenomenal performances. No. They really are. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly.
1: But I mean, I guess I guess, if I had to, I'm going to pick Sharon Apple just because I'm a Macross nerd through and through. So any chance I can get to get closer to that world being a reality, I'm in.
0: I think, I think it, the whole point of that was that that's the quality that they put to that concert. It is absolutely. You're right. It's apeshit.
1: It's crazy cool. And just as a world building element, the, you know the the advanced holographics and the the way that uh, the music is, I don't know what is it like brainwaves. I guess that they're using to like
3: uh, bracelets. The yeah,
1: bracelets, and they're I just like tuning themselves into the emotional state of the audience to like build a to a you know a bigger show. It's just it's it's wild. The whole wild. And the music for this entire series done by the absolutely adored and amazing uh, Yoko, who did you know, Cowboy Bebop and just a, a host of other other series. I think this was her first thing that she'd ever scored or written any music for, and her career just shot off like a Valkyrie into orbit.
2: I mean, can you blame it? I mean, it was good.
0: Impressive. Thank Thank you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> and it is good. Like it's all the music in this is so good, but what what's great about all the music in this is how different it is. Like each song is like its own damn language, mm-hmm. and and it's distinctly just audibly they're all they'll sound different. Not just lyrics, but the the style of the music. And if you ever listen to the soundtrack absent the animation accompaniment, it's just as is thrilling because each track is like a whole different experience. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really. Very impressive stuff.
2: And it's actually it was her second uh, composer for anime job.
1: Thank you, sir. First being
2: the first one being uh, Please Save My Earth. And then she was also an arranger in uh, Porco Rosso. Oh, no shit. That's tight.
1: There you go. A little fun fact for the podcast. We're good for some of that stuff.
2: Also to note, she also did a composed angel voice from Macross 7, uh, Macross Dynamite 7.
1: Yeah, probably my I think we discussed in the anime episode, my one of my favorite Macross tracks ever.
2: And then also Cowboy Bebop, Rastafon. She did uh, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, Ghost Rain, Standalone Complex, Second Gig. She she's done a lot in anime.
0: Oh yeah, no, she's like she's taken off. Hey, Vic, you gotta be careful. We're supposed to be mindless musings.
2: <laughs> I'm mindlessly musing over her freaking work history here.
0: It it is impressive. Even Google is mindful. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, not, I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: One of the things that I, I always love about Minecraft, besides the love triangles, uh, is the mecha designs, and I touched on that earlier. But something worth mentioning is that Kawamori, he likes to design his, his mecha based on real-world fighter planes. And the YF-19 was took a lot of styling cues from the Grumman X-29 and the Lockheed Martin F-22 Raptor, which was in development at the time. And the YF 21 is based more on a Northrop Grumman's YF 23 prototype. And uh, the VF 11 Thunderbolt's kind of patterned after, um, and I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, the Sukhoi SU 27. So, and this is just for all the airplane nerds. You might not, you might be listening because it's, it's a Macross episode. You usually pull in some airplane nerds. Got you guys. It's Good shit.
3: What
0: the hell just happened?
3: I just thought, I just thought the blue or black one looked kind of cool. I mean, I didn't even know what type of plane it was. I was like, I was like oh, that one looks kind of cool. And then it transformed. I was like, I like that one better. That was all. I, was. <laughs> I throw in I, another chick moment. I have no idea about the plane. I'm just going. Oh, look how pretty.
0: I can't <laughs> help it. I can't help it.
2: We call that basic bitches.
0: No, <laughs> no, uh, then sign me up. I did not. <laughs> it's, it... I had a problem with the YF 21. Yeah? Like, it's not like it had. The wing was morphing. Well,
1: I think that was supposed to be indicative of him feeling the plane. Like, he but could it feel
2: it. morphing. Yeah, it I don't was... think it was actually morphing. That was his feeling. That's how it felt to him. Because as he was connected to the plane via comp- you know, via that brain, what you going M- call it? Mind meld. <laughs> like he, it's like he felt the plane. So everything that he felt physically is he felt it through the plane.
0: Flag on the plane. Flag on the plane. Bullshit. Flag on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal grounding. What I'm saying is this, right? When we're dealing with, say, Gunbuster, right? I'm not talking about Diebuster. That fucking ridiculous thing. I'm talking about Gunbuster. Gunbuster. When they do a transformation or anything that happens in Gunbuster, you see everything that happens with it, right? Sure, where it goes for. It. Now, we're talking about the mecha design for the YS21. Mm-hmm. It the metal curves. Do you know how hard the amount of energy it would take to get metal to curve, immediately harden, and then be functional?
2: This is a nuke. The nuclear engineer
0: talking about like, like, we're not talking about the the, the F-14 Tomcat, which is by- awesome. <laughs> we're not talking about that with the with the wind. I can do it too. But
2: <laughs> Brian, you're talking about you know jets that transform to giant humanoid robots to you know fight with zero issue and not have to worry about loss of energy or anything else, and they can carry a billion missiles with no issue. <laughs>
1: It curved! I'm going to challenge this. I'm going to challenge this, Brian. If it curved, how are they able to make fully-functioning, fully-transformable toys of it? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously animation magic, right? Some things are going to curve to give a sense of kinetic energy. When you're animating movement, you have to disproportionately warp things to make them appear to be moving more kinetically, more, you know, faster than they ordinarily. ordinarily. Um, so it's it's an animation trick. So you're not wrong that things curve. damn cool. During transformations and stuff like that because it's, it's part of the it point to make
0: it feel that way. It would have been more believable if the wing, instead of the same way it, uh, it extended out, right? right? Part of the wing could have had a joint and then that part would have went down.
2: Brian, it would also be more believable if the Zentradi never existed. <laughs>
0: But he's—I get what he's saying, Vic. He's
1: I talking know. about how you know I had just said earlier in this episode that that they were attempting to root this in a little more of a, a, a factual sort of you know, world, um, which is really hilarious because if we ever cover Macross Seven, all this shit goes right out the window. Oh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But I my defense of that, in, in, and I don't intend on defending the series, is that I don't care. Is that it's animation magic? Because no, it I don't care.
2: Its, fact, need I defense. Don't care. Go fuck. Yeah, I'll go fuck. Hey Brian, while you're at it, you want to get off your lawn too? Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, Brian, Brian, so you had beef with the with the 21. Did you like the 19? No, the 21's still my favorite. Oh, Ooh. Jesus Christ. Uh, Lynette's a 21 fan too though.
3: I like the 21 color. Uh the 19, the fact that the the globy window yeah. sphere. I like that part. See, it's totally technical. I'm very technical. The globy window <laughs> sphere with the green That's, lines. Yeah. Hundred (laughs) percent.
1: It's a technical term. (laughs) When Young Newman's working on his plane, he's like, Get the curvy thing back up there.
3: Uh, The working you was
1: globy. Globy. That's right. Get the globy thing.
3: (laughs) And and then he had foot pedals too. So that was kinda cool. I like that. So I like the color of the twenty one. The nineteen was looked a little bit more functional, so See? It's kind of like shoes. You have the cute ones, and then you have the functional ones.
0: <laughs> That's where we are now in life. This is the way We have the most destructive ever designed, and we said we have shoes. That's where we are. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> stand up before I devolve into this.
1: One of the things about the series uh, is the subject matter. It's it's a little heavy. You know, we had we had left... We, we just talked about hentai in our previous episode and I said we're going to do something a little less rapey in the next episode and I kind of turned out to be a liar. Um, <laughs> this is a little rapey too, um, but it was, I appreciated it because they, you know, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't done, you know, titillatingly. It was intended to be a, a traumatic experience.
0: He's not he, he saying he appreciated the rape.
1: No, of course not. But don't appreciate the rape. I appreciate that they didn't use the rape as a titillation; they used it as a, a traumatic story-driving moment, which is good. They
2: didn't use it to get your socks off. They used it to show why she was, why Myung was the way she was. Right, which I, I think is
1: uh, it's interesting because it's it's such a stark parallel from last week, last episode. <laughs> we went from completely different use of, of the same horrible thing, except now we're showing that it's a horrible thing, um, but not. Butterfly was harmed in this picture no butterflies were harmed in <laughs> the making of this one <laughs> do you guys uh how do you guys feel about about that that triangle do you do you, do you feel like that was executed well enough i I've heard complaints that that meung was far too forgiving of of gold and that you know she shouldn't have not given him that leeway but uh i I don't know I, I think that these characters are a lot more emotionally complex. And they're given credit for considering it's a science fiction series about giant robots
2: it's the cool example of girl likes bad boy
1: ah there you go i like i like that
2: approach. Also, no matter how bad the experience was there's still some connection to the bad boy add to that you know it's literally just four episodes so i mean considering that in four episodes they got a lot of emotion into it it's like you know that's probably what people didn't like that they didn't elaborate more but it was only four episodes Right. Right. So, you know, if I had another episode or two, they could have probably stretched that out a bit more, but... I mean, what are they
0: thinking? Is three by three eyes?
2: (laughs) Yeah, each
1: episode was not an hour long. (laughs) It certainly didn't feel like it. Uh, To me, this this series flies by. I think it chews up every single second of animation it has to tell a compelling story. I, I wasn't bored by any of it. The movie version, not as successful in that. And If you watch the movie version, in my opinion, it's it it kind of drags a bit um, just because of the way they re-edited the storyline and omitted components of it and stuff.
2: Yeah, like the whole omission of the whole asteroid, asteroid belt sequence in the very beginning, that was just hurtful.
1: Right. I, I feel like those scenes draw in new viewers, particularly considering what the show is supposed to be about. And in the movie, they omit that. You spend a lot of time still trying to figure out what this Isamu guy is like. Um, so I, I like that in the first episode they really kind of lay that out well. I mean, he's an arrogant maverick type pilot, and and he's all too happy to chase the next uh, adrenaline rush, versus you know doing his duty in an efficient manner. And uh, he's obviously tailor made to put his life on the line and, and go test out new fighter planes. But it's it's a it's a character flaw, I would say, in that it. He carries it with him through the whole series. He never, I don't know necessarily he resolves that character flaw, I guess, maybe a little, because it's the whole thing with Sharon, right? Sharon Apple falls in love with him because she's connected to Miyoung, and Miyoung provides her with her emotions, right? So her love of Isamu becomes Sharon's love of Isamu. And as with all AI stories, AI goes apeshit.
0: And, and the whole thing is, Sharon Apple wants to provide him with the ultimate thrill,
1: Right, the thrill of dying. <laughs> a million miles an hour. Which is the kind of thing only an AI would figure
2: out. Yeah, obviously, because, you know, he likes to fly fast and fly dangerously. He obviously is looking for death.
1: But that's it. That's her whole shtick. She's, I love him so much, I'm going to kill him because that's clearly
0: what he wants. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm raising my hand because I have a question.
1: <laughs> I, I, I sincerely hope you ask it.
0: Uh,
2: what? 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 Ryan is sitting there, he's like, gay?
1: (laughs) But yeah, that's Sharon Apples. I I love that though. I love that element of it, that the AI, of course, sees a logical end to this and and is applying her weird basic instinct to this. It's like, well, he's trying
0: so hard to kill himself. I'm going to help him. You just dated yourself hard. What? You said basic instinct. (laughs)
2: Not
1: not
0: don't the sure meant it that Stone way, basic
2: instinct. Brian actually dated himself because the, the words "basic instinct" literally drew him to the movie. <laughs> Hold out the reverse card.
0: I, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Soft porn references to describe the emotional impact um, <laughs> of this. That's that's where the show has gone to. Okay. I feel, I feel like after, after the previous
1: episode, at this point, all bets are off, and we can reference any sort of soft core pornography we want to. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> not That notwithstanding, the term basic instinct did exist before Sharon Stone ice-picked people to death. So <laughs> let's circle back to the point. <laughs> yes, it did. I that the ai the ai was warped the ai was was obviously uh severely flawed and uh by and i was it it was, it was a chipset that they installed into her that activated that but they didn't really delve too deep into what it was it was apparently some kind of ai programming that they were using for the new ghost fighter and they decided you know what we're gonna we're gonna throw that in our virtual idol what could possibly go wrong
0: what was the trigger for her to realize that isamu was there The. the... When did Sharon Appa realize Isamu was on this planet?
1: Well, I think when she when she became fully sentient, she took over the Macross, right? She took over the entire Earth defense network. So as soon as his ass showed up, she's like, here he is. He knows, right? Or am I am I wrong? Like I mean, I, I don't no, know if it's, it's
2: that's about that seems about accurate. I mean, he showed up. I mean, he was showing up for Myeong who was also on the Macross. So I think she I
1: think Myung was bait and she knew that yeah. Isamu would come for her.
2: So yeah, the second he entered the atmosphere or broke out of fold, she knew,
0: right. So and 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 this is the exact opposite of an orbital beam cannon, right? Yeah, this is without a doubt the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so so we we've all we've already said that orbital beam cannons are not a good idea. Yeah, and say that AI maybe not. Idea either. <laughs> I think. I think. Well,
2: to be fair, there were orbital beam cannons in macros Plus as well.
0: There were,
1: uh, but I mean, historically, uh, it, not just orbital beam cannons are a terrible idea. Uh, an argument I will continue to make. I'm gonna put that shit on a shirt. But sentient AI is a very bad idea, which bad idea. which I will say the Boomer Largo proved from Bubblegum Crisis. <laughs> you got a sentient AI with an orbital beam cannon.
0: That's just the worst. So the, I honestly I think that needs to be a shirt. Over to beacon can for a horrible idea.
1: Agreed. I'll work on it. I'll get it in the merch store. You guys can all buy <laughs> orbital beacon satellites are a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, I I love I love that. That whole fucking A, that dog fight in episode four is is unreal. Oh god, it is insane. This is where a mindless musing is gonna come in here. Uh fun fact that episode four is dubbed in a completely separate instance because they like lost the rights to it. I wrote a note about it here. They lost the Adjudo rights issue at the time. The entire sound mix, including music and the sound effects, had to be recreated from scratch for episode four, and only a handful of songs were allowed to be retained. So then they had to go back in and, and re- re-dub it with new actors because it happened years later and put in entirely different music scenes for their second attempt at dubbing because of the rights issues. So, um, worth noting, for purists who want to experience this in its OG 90s format, don't buy the Blu-ray, because you'll be pretty upset if you watch Episode 4, as it is different. And act, honestly, guys, don't buy the Blu-ray, because right now the Blu-ray is like 400000 fucking dollars on the Internet, So, because it's just
2: that rare. I'm exaggerating slightly, but only slightly. Yeah, I'll just wait for Big West to actually commission stuff in the U.S. You know it's going to happen how did you how did you
1: feel about about the love triangle successfully executed
3: i'm a little meh about it
2: yeah yeah i don't think it was needed i feel like it was just another macross element brought in because it's a macross element do you do you feel that this story was weaker because of gold's involvement in the triangle
1: would it have been better if he were just an antagonist
3: i didn't think that I thought the girl was just an extra oh. <laughs> the two, the at guys, from the other point the two guys had just enough anger and hate and conflict with each other that out that i I felt like they were just like, we need to throw a girl in here. it's looking weird. And this then, top
1: gun this top gun <laughs> didn't need Kelly mcgillis. we're doing it without her <laughs>
3: <laughs> i mean I, I mean I didn't really I felt just kind of meh. Yeah, about her because they had enough sure. between the two of them that they kind of drove the whole the whole the whole series, I guess. But no, when I, they threw her in, I was like, "Is she there? why, going why are you
2: here, Miyoung? Go on." <laughs> well, the level of convenience, you know, Isamu, you know, test pilot, you know, gold test pilot for the comp- competitor, and then you know, meung which pretty much provided the feeling and emotion to an AI that decides to you know. To take over everything and try to kill them you know it's like they're all so interconnected it's like that level of convenience is insane movie magic guys come on You know, <laughs> i still love the series I don't get me wrong. wrong it is still a phenomenal yeah, story it was very i good. will smack brian if he disagrees with anything again on it <laughs> but yeah it's got it it's got its tiny tiny little issues
0: how they all end up look at lookout point at the same damn time
2: hey eden's a small planet apparently uh, i guess tiny as shit. it's a
1: pluto size <laughs> So now I'm going to, I will say that it's, so it's been 30 years since the original series. So, I mean, the time it would have taken them to find the planet, let alone colonize it, is probably the only city. Like, look at points, probably the only point was they probably only had that place there for like 10 years.
2: Yeah, because they had the city and then everything else was test pilot desert.
0: <laughs> but I'm I'm digging into the weeds on it. I love, not going to lie, it could have been Earth. Sure. A better Earth. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a. Uh, so, again, this, this, this statement is going to remind you to subscribe to mindless musings of the anime nerd and see our previous episodes when we're talking about Gunbuster, right? Sure. And when we were talking about Gunbuster, one of the biggest things we talked about there was the, the consequence of time, right? So, here we are Gunbusters, one of the final episodes we talk about 15 years has fast, and you see the effects of. The, the co-protagonist coming into all right time travel. Not even time travel. Time dilation. Yeah, time dilation. Yeah. Here, we have the YF-19 and the YF-21. A whole 30, you said 30 years?
1: And 30 years since Space War I, when this takes place.
0: I wish we could have seen more of the previous generation. I agree with you, 100%. I, I would
1: love to have seen. Every, I want more of Eden. Like I, I want. I don't necessarily need more of of Isamu and and Myung and Gold, but but I want to see more of of that sandwiched chunk in the middle. How did we get from building the Mega Road two, which is something you'll if you watch the other series, you know, and to colonizing these other planets? And that's something Macross never ever touches on in any of these series. In every series, you you end up with a new planet, and it's just it's got aliens on it. Or you know, it doesn't, and it's just it's a planet that they've inhabited.
0: And I think that's why we love Gunbuster so much is that we saw the effects of space travel. We saw the effects of Right. We saw the physics of everything that they were doing. You lose that in Macross.
1: You do. Comparing the two, it's, A, this has less episodes to tell its story, but it doesn't matter because other series with like fifty episodes don't get to that level of emotional weight that Gunbuster did in six. This it's uh it, it to compare Gunbusters like the gold standard for science fiction storytelling, I don't know, space operas. A uh, Macross is like Macross is like the Marvel movie of 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 science fiction. Like you're gonna just buy the ticket and go for the ride and you don't question too much.
0: It's a too fast and furious. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> it's, it's at least the Marvel movies, right? It's you're
0: right, you're right. That's Diebuster. That's that's
2: <laughs> you just have an unnatural hate for Diebuster,
0: <laughs> honestly. It's it's
1: that's Studio Trigger is the fast and furious of studios, like everything they make is balls to the walls, bad shit crazy um but <laughs> the trigger does but yes but the, the, i i agree with you brian the gunbuster storytelling is is much it's much heavier they spend a little more time with the the repercussions of a thing in this one space folding is just it's like star trek space folding is just another way to travel like we're just and we're there congratulations but i mean it's months are supposed to go by bitch. Months right go. like in theory Myung would be old and dead by the time he saw probably made it back to to earth but that would be. That would make for a fun show, right? It's just not how space travel works in this universe. Is it as effective as Gunbuster? No. Gunbuster puts a lot more importance on that. But Macross isn't here for that part of the story. Macross is here to give you your your giant robot fix.
0: Ergo, serious.
1: <laughs> I stand by my my Marvel comparison. Yeah, like Brian. Because it's silly entertainment, um, but
0: fun. Man, I, I'll give you the fact that they have so many movies as Marvels. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have so many series as Marvel. I may give you that, but...
3: Do they break as many cities? I think they break as many cities. I mean, as soon as they did come in, it was like, they're like, oh, we're here. We don't need that building anymore.
1: <laughs> they definitely break as much shit as, as the Avengers do. I, I, absolutely. And you've only seen this one, Lynette. Just wait.
2: <laughs> There's
0: more.
1: They break all of the things in this franchise. Um, <laughs> they spent
0: 30 years putting everything back together just to for the, the
2: next, next series way. to come and break, everything. It's break right? everything.
3: That's what I was that's what I was looking at. I was like, you just got there. Why are you breaking a building?
1: It's if if there's if there's a flaw to the Macross franchise, it's that they are disconnected stories. And that you only get little Easter eggs to things that happen in other series. So this trip to Eden that you had over these four episodes, you will never go there again. You never revisit Eden. Doesn't matter. Same thing with uh, Macross seven and they have a, a planet Zola that they, you're never going back there. You're there once, that's it. They don't spend time on that kind of world building because they're, they're more focused on the, the planes and the character, the individual character stories of the, love, the main love triangles so It's generally where their focus is on these and it's popcorn right? It really is. It doesn't change how much I love it, but that's what it is. I still like the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, not all of them,
0: but no. I still like them.
2: I think Brian's brain is melting.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I felt like that was like a guilty pleasure. It, made it, it like it still like Fast and Furious. Fuck you. <laughs> you, know,
2: it, it, you know, I enjoy them too. It's a great series to sit there, turn off your brain, and watch. Right. Matt Cross, except for the second one that took place in Miami, I still call BS on getting from downtown to... <laughs> The freaking keys in five minutes flat. Nope, we're
1: not doing this. This is anime nerd, not movie nerds. Sorry. Stay on topic, you miserable bastards. uh,
0: (laughs) That is actually something I feel the same way. Fast and fury too fast, too furious. And we say bullshit every time. Every time. But I do point out the fact that you can see the Walmart in Florida City though.
2: It's all in the cars, y'all. Shut up.
0: All right. So as
1: as we as we start to attempt to wrap this up, we'll ask our, our usual question about Macross Plus about we do any anime is, is do you do you feel that the subject that the anime itself holds up? Could you re-release it to a modern audience find success? Did you like it, etc, cetera, etc? Cetera. Uh, let's start with Vic. Vic, give me your final thoughts on Macross Plus.
2: Well, considering Big West decided to test the waters in the US after the whole Harmony Gold thing with Macross Plus, the movie edition last December, and according to their numbers for its age, it actually did really well. And I agree with it. I mean, if they were to hold it again next week in theaters, I'd go and watch it again. It's a it's a great piece. Is it flawed? Yeah, a lot of shows have their flaws, but overall, it's a fun ride with great music. All right, uh, Brian. Brian, lay lay your thoughts
3: on
1: me now. Macross Plus, as as the not died in the wool hardcore Macross fan that Vic and I are, what are your thoughts on it?
0: You have to have a level of no. I'll say it, 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 if we can watch Fast and the Furious nineteen, we can watch Macross Plus. <laughs>
1: I think they're on, they're on what, the 43rd movie in that series now? No, 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 the 63rd, 63rd. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Apologies.
2: You guys obviously can't count. They're on the number 132.
0: Right.
1: So
2: (laughs) it's about how many episodes
1: there are in just Macross 7 alone. So I think we're
0: actually coming out with a TV series.
1: No, we're not, I'm not doing it. No. All right. Lynette, Lynette, my dear Lynette. This was your first experience with the Macross franchise. How did you feel coming into it uh, with fresh eyes? Did you did you enjoy it? Do you think you think others might?
0: Hold on, Lynette. Yes. Before you answer, I have to caution you. There are two people here whose heart you may break with your answer.
1: (laughs) Not even remotely true. I know plenty of people. I am married to a woman who doesn't understand what the hell Macross is. So
2: yeah, physically impossible because you know what? if she if she's wrong about it then she's wrong it's okay
0: i think you have, all you have is one i don't think you can handle more she's the anomaly i'm just pointing it out Lynette. that that you have to you can't be saying shit like macross and not expecting these
3: <laughs> i thought i was very smart when i put macross gods out there
0: fear for your life <laughs>
3: I have to say, visually I loved it. I enjoyed it. It really was Top Gun anime type stuff. I thought it was pretty cool how the planes transformed very quickly and nobody got hurt during that piece, you know. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the the soundtrack, you know, everything was good. It's parts of it were confusing, but like with all movies, it didn't really detract from the whole thing. So give it a I'm glad that it matched the cover art. So
1: yeah, there you go. It wasn't a three by three as you you got what you paid for. <laughs> with this
2: is series.
1: I you know what? I, I did I'm doing this series a disservice because I didn't I didn't delve into how we found this series. I can't believe I skipped over
0: that. We
1: jumped right into it. I
0: don't know. I think what happened was we thought that everybody was like, oh, this is Rick and Vic. Of course they're gonna be talking about Macross. We know how much they like <laughs> But everybody else <laughs> This is like What's that part
1: of the story? I'm going to delve into this real quick for my final thoughts. It was the n- early 90s when this dropped and I didn't even know it existed. Who the hell was it that that got us into this? Was it Diego? It was probably Diego. Probably. And <laughs> it was, you know, it was an An America cover. One of those anime magazines from the 90s. You used to be able to find them at the off comic book shop. They'd have one and they had it on the cover and he brought that to school. And uh, and we were like, holy shit, it's more Macross." We had just seen Macross Two, and we're we'll save that for another episode. And yeah, I don't even remember where we first picked it up. It was probably at like Camelot Music over at Cutler Ridge Mall.
2: That or Suncoast or Suncoast. Each episode on a, on VHS by itself. Yeah, like thirty like thirty bucks for thirty minutes. Like that's kind of how
1: anime ran back then.
0: <laughs> it's important to say that as you're talking about the places that we went to go. Procure our anime from like Suncoast, yeah. or they're not like uh, they're not like down the street from each other.
1: No, no, no. Each Ooh. one
0: was a journey to get there. Each one yeah. was a three by three episode worth of travel.
2: Yes, uh, Suncoast was located in Dayland Mall, which still exists. So it's it was yeah it was a uh, and th- and I think this is
1: probably just why. I don't. I'm never gonna remember all oh, this. It's part of hell. It's part of the whole bit. We don't remember this shit. But yes, I, I do remember seeing the cover art, the original cover art, and thinking, well, this is gonna be freaking weird because it's very dramatically different from uh, the original Super Dimension Fortress Macross. But it was. It didn't detract. I the the very concept. I knew what I was getting into when I bought it. It's like watching a Fast and the Furious movie, right? You know what you're gonna get before you even go into the theater. First time I saw it I'm a blockbuster. Was that a blockbuster?
0: Yeah, nice. I, I was in college and I saw that. And I saw the words Macro. I was like, Oh, I wonder if uh Rick and Vic know about this one. <laughs> we know all
2: once it's woven into the universe, we know it and we feel it in our bones.
1: It wasn't carried at my blockbuster, they did. My blockbuster had Clash of the Binoids, though. So there you go, there's a little taste of, of Doom. Does the uh. We'll get to that one whenever we do Do You Remember Love. It was one of those things that we had to wait for each release. It didn't come out all at once. So you picked up an episode. You had to wait a few months before you could catch the next one. And But this was one of the ones that we were fortunate enough to be able to catch each episode in sequential order. Again, a rarity for the early 90s. So, yeah, count your blessings. Uh, actually, I can't say that. You guys are just as fucked as the rest of us because Macross Plus isn't available in the United States anymore. <laughs> so, not yet anyway. Anyhow, it's I, just, I wanted to take a moment to appreciate that, just because it was it was a big deal, as it was the first pair of Macross anime to find its way to the, the United States after Super Dimension Fortress Macross was mixed into Robotech. And it was the last pair of Macross anime to find its way to the West. And that's just because
2: of- No thanks to Harmony Gold.
1: Right, all the rights issues. Harmony Gold smacked down any other attempt to bring any other Macross to the West. So Macross Plus is where it died for the American audiences and that's why it's revered by a lot of Western Macross fans as peak Macross, because it's like the last thing that they were able to just go to the store and buy since till even to this day. like If you wanted to, you got to bootleg it. Any of these other series, even the original, you want to watch it, you got to bootleg it. There's
0: just, it's so hard to find. The original series of Super Dimensional Fortress Macross?
1: Yeah. If you want to watch the OG Super Dimension Fortress Macross, it is not available. The only way you can find it is if you can find AD Vision did some DVD releases of it, and Animago did some DVD releases of it. It was like a companion thing.
2: Isn't it available on Amazon?
1: It's, it's not, not. It's not. No, it's not. How at it. Take a look. I'm checking. <laughs> it's It's been pulled. Uh, they had it for a bit there because uh, Harmony Gold released it as something you could stream, but they, it's all been pulled. The entries are there, but none of it's available. Not even Robotech.
2: Checking something else real quick.
1: So you got a good luck finding it on YouTube. I don't know. Based on what I read recently, in some of the forums that uh, even YouTube's getting smacked with copyrights for this now, and it probably has to do with the rights issues that are being ironed out to try and you know keep bring all this stuff to the West. But it, this Macross is still one of the hardest animes to get a hold of if you are outside of Japan, just because of all the rights issues circling it. And Macross 2 and Macross Plus were, were, uh, the way Harmony Gold described it is nobody was minding the store when those two got snuck in. So then immediately started uh, raising some hell and that's it. That's where Macross died in the West. It died in 1992, 94 when this came out. Never to be seen again unless you had resources. And back then the internet was not one of them.
0: So which one of us is moving to Japan? (laughs) Probably Vic.
2: Um, (laughs) Hey, you know, what? I keep on trying to convince my company to buy like a pachinko parlor in Japan, and I'll be like, you know, the liaison between the US and Japanese teams.
1: So now the good news is, is that the rights issues between uh, Harmony Gold and Big West over who owns Super Dimension Fortress Macross have been resolved. And they agree now on how to handle the franchise. So everything after Super Dimension Fortress Macross, is free and clear to be released in the west and as of this taping uh big west the company that created the original series has started f- releasing things over here both uh we've had theatrical release we have two more theatrical releases coming out the first time ever in the west the macross frontier is going to find its way onto american
2: screens this june
1: it yeah, this june and toy lines The toys are starting to make their way over here too. the ridiculously expensive toys. You want to talk about stupid overpriced stuff. So it's kind of a golden age for the Macross fan. Uh, If you remember Macross and you loved it, uh, you remember Macross plus, and you loved it. This is, this is a good time to be around because it seems like we're about to start getting it back after 30 plus years. Again, no thanks to Harmony Gold. Now that I've eaten up a chunk of time talking about this shit. And give you the my thoughts on Miracross Plus are of course that it is still epic, it is still fun, it is still a good time. Is it deep? No. No, it's 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 not deep. It's you know, it's a wade pool of uh, character depth. But it is a hell of a fun with great music, excellent action, and beautiful cutting edge animation, especially for its time. Now now you look at some of the CG effects and you're like, okay, I, you, you tried. <laughs> But, it's, but you know, you look past it because you know it's a product of its time, and it's still—it's a good story. It's a good time. Anyway, those are my my final thoughts. Angel, I, you've been pretty silent, but do you do you have any thoughts on Macross Plus you'd like to share?
2: I mean, I would have to agree kind of with everybody as a whole. I'm coming down off of the hentai conversation, um, this was very enjoyable for me. Um, I'm all about um, boys and their big toys, so. <laughs> It it was a healthy, a healthy medium for me. (laughs) Um, I I love the comparison. I was set up properly for what to anticipate with the series. I have now refreshed my um, opinion and aura of anime. And uh, I think I'm prepared for the next one. Set me up for failure.
1: Nice, nice. That's uh, well we can thank Lynette for choosing this episode. Uh add a at a girl, Lynette, you picked a you picked a winner. He saved Angel's fandom. <laughs> as soon
0: as the words Macross was coming out of your lips, I could see the anime witty from these suits. <laughs>
2: The word no would never come out if someone mentions Macross. Not a chance. It's it's worth it.
1: I
0: mean,
2: we've been fans of the
1: series forever now. So it's, you know, yeah, we're never going to say no to this. It's always fun for us, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you chose this one and not Macross 2. <laughs> we'll save that for the Macross 2 episode whenever we get to it. Um, so anyway, folks, I think this is going to be our show for today. We probably ran a little long. I apologize, but uh, thank you for everything. As always listening, you can check out our website to find all the links and the closing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So until next time, keep calm, cut your engines, and ride the wind. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd, presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections, or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.